BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey everyone, I'm JJ Stankovitz and welcome into a mailbag episode of the Undercenter podcast brought to you by St. Xavier University. On this episode, I'm joined by Cam Ellis to answer listener questions about the upcoming NFL trade deadline, the upcoming game against the Los Angeles Rams, and a really interesting question about feeling safer exploring the wilderness of America with Akeem Hicks or a shotgun. All that and more on the Undercenter podcast starting right now. What does it mean to be a Chicago Bear? Uh, it means rich tradition, um, black and blue division, defense. I think it's uh, the one franchise that when you think about them, being a defensive player myself, I think that's the first thing you go to. Legends, linebackers, defensive linemen, dominant players. The history of it. I mean, I'm a big history guy, so understanding this was one of the first franchises just kind of blows my mind, honestly, that I was able to be a part of that. Yeah, what more can you say? All right, Cam, before we open up our mailbag on this Wednesday episode of the Under Center podcast, we got to talk about the practice squad signing the Bears just made on Tuesday because, yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, because the Bears signed Manti Teo. Yeah. And y'all still got jokes, apparently. Apparently, uh, yeah. Twitter has never blown up more for a practice squad signing than it did when the Bears signed Manti Teo, and seven and a half years later, people are still making the same joke about Manti Teo. Did you? I did not, because I have the self-awareness to understand that as a professional football player, I imagine that Manti Teo probably has done better socially than anyone who's ever made a joke about that on Twitter. Um, and I will leave that at that. So I covered Notre Dame. Our listeners will know that. Um, and I was on the beat when the whole Manti Teo thing happened. And I was sitting in our offices at NBC Sports Chicago. Then we were CSNChicago.com. And I was reading that Deadspin story just with my mouth open, like, oh. And um, those were probably professionally the worst two weeks I've ever had. They were wow. the most miserable I've ever been on my job was the two weeks covering the Manti Teo fake dead girlfriend scandal. Um, and Why it ended... It ended with um, me making old uh, NBCSportsChicago.com intern James Fegan, who's now he now covers the White Sox for the Athletic. Um, he had to watch Doctor Phil to write a story about Renaya Tuiasosopo, who was the one who was impersonating Lene Kakua. Um, when I just said, "I am not watching Doctor Phil. I'm done with this story, and I'm going on vacation," and I just left. Wow. That's a really because it was miserable writing about that stupid thing. Um, Holy, geez. As it turned out, like Manti Teo, poor guy, um, he legitimately did get catfished. Uh, there wasn't anything nefarious there. He was just, you know, kind of young and stupid and gullible, unfortunately. Uh, it was a really sad story. 
you never really cut it in the NFL. He last played in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints. I don't get the feeling we're going to talk about Manti Teo again on this podcast this year. So I might as well get it out of the way right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Have we? T- I think the reason we're talking about this right now, I mean, we haven't talked about a practice squad player outside of Ladarius Mack in you know three or four months, I think. So I, I, maybe Lamar Miller, I guess. Um, we're, but we're talking about him because of the name recognition here. I don't see the Bears as having a huge linebacker crisis going on right now. No. Um, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's probably just a move. The more important practice squad transaction on Tuesday anyway was the Rams signing Kai Forbath off the Bears practice squad. So uh, is this going to be a revenge game for Kai Forbath? Does it count as a revenge game if you get signed off a practice squad and then play that team a week later? Look, this year has taught me that revenge games don't that much to be called revenge games a la mike davis so i'll i will accept any revenge game uh, narrative we get because why not it's fun all right let's get to our listener questions we got a lot of really good ones this week and i don't want to waste any more time talking about practice squad players so tony what is our first listener question hey guys glad to be back for another week um this question was deemed by jj as the greatest question that we've ever gotten so I think it's only right that we start off with that one. Wait, are we starting with Bill Zimmerman's question? I, I mean, that was the one I said was the. Uh, oh yes, yes. All right, God. all right. Then let's then let's start with the Bill Zimmerman question. Then. Okay, so yeah. Question ever. All right. If you were exploring the wilderness of America, would you feel safer with a shotgun or with Hakeem Hicks? A shotgun, right? Like this is a really easy answer. I I like the question, but I totally disagree. But, but a continue with gun. your ill-formed thinking on this. I, I like if I'm in the woods, I want a gun. I don't want a football player with me. Like I just see. I love the question. This answer seems like we're overthinking it. Convince me on Akeem Hicks, please. Akeem Hicks is a person. Yeah. If so? I'm exploring the wilderness, I don't want to do it alone. Are you kidding? Okay, but I've never fired a gun in my life. That probably won't surprise any of our listeners, but I've never fired a gun in my life. I'm not going to take a, 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 a thing that I've never used before into the woods. I'm going to take a 350 pound super athletic person who is a living person who can help get me out of situations or maybe dial the phone if something bad happens. Yeah, I mean, if you have a phone, that's one thing. Like, they, 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 okay, but you know what they say about bears is you don't need to outrun the bear. You just need to outrun the slowest person you're with. Like, I think you're going to get outrun by Akeem Hicks here, right? I will. Yeah, so that's tough mm-hmm. for you as opposed to me who's prepared and has a gun and can protect myself correctly. You think you'd hit the bear? No, but like the noise would be loud, I think, maybe. I don't know. Um, I like my chances more with a gun than I do with Akeem Hicks because I think Akeem Hicks is just going to like wrestle it and like befriend it. And then it's just going to eat me. And Akeem Hicks will be like, ha this bear has eaten and I'm friends with him. And I'll be like, wow, this sucks. I well, you wouldn't de- say that because you'd be dead. Um, I, think this, it depend- this- I think it depends on the wilderness. Okay. okay. Like what? I, when, I, when I heard wilderness, I'm with Cam. I, I heard forest. I mean, if it's like a desert, is that a wilderness, technically? Well, I don't want a shotgun in the desert, though. Look, I'm taking a shotgun over a a human being anywhere, like, dangerous, wherever I am, regardless, just because there's one thing that can protect me, I know for a fact, and then there's one thing that will probably outrun me or outsurvive me in any physical manner. Um, You know, look... (laughs) <laughs> I also think it'd be super fun to just like go explore the wilderness with Akeem Hicks. He, he's a really like engaging dude yeah. who 
would probably be a fun travel partner. I don't know. I mean, not talking to a gun. Not until like the second or third week when things get. That's a good point. Um, Okay. So we disagree on this one. That's fine. Listeners, let us know what you would pick because I I don't know. Tony, what would you go with here? Um, I'm a small person. Um, and if it gets like crazy, like I keep just thinking about now, this is like show, my millennial showing it was a SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob and Patrick went to the wilderness and they start thinking about eating each other. Like I, I wouldn't have a shot. Like, I mean, I, I, I'd be done. So yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go with cam on this one and take the shotgun. All right. Well, listeners, if anyone out there agrees with me, please let me know because I don't, I don't get it, but let's move on to another question here. Let's move on to a, uh, let's get a football question in here. Cause that was, that was a great one, but we do want to talk some football here. All right. This is uh Brendan's question. If you had to explain the Mark Tressman era to cam, which game would you force him to watch? First of all, cam, uh, how old were you in 2013 and 2014? Like 12, 2013. I would have been, um that was i was 21 all right neat um the game i would make you watch which actually if you if you really just want to watch i mean a a complete train wreck happened um there were a lot of options here by the way but sunday december 22nd 2013 the chicago bears are a win away from clinching a playoff spot. They're Mm -hmm. playing the Philadelphia Eagles. I think those are Sunday night football, if I remember correctly. Um, Again, all they needed to do was win a game and they are in the playoffs. They would have been nine and seven. They lost 54 to 11. I do remember this. (laughs) Nick Foles, our friend, 21 to 25, 230 yards, two touchdowns in that game. Um, this was, I think, the worst performance I've ever seen a team have in an important, like in a win and you're in game. I mean, it was, it was awful. And the Mark Tressman era just got so much worse from there. But 54 to 11. I remember, oh, the, the only reason I remember this is because I remember I was in a bar in college um, and I remember just like for maybe four seconds looking at a screen and just going, wow, did the Bears just lose like, by like 50 points or something? And I was like, because I didn't really have any, you know, connection or understanding of the Bears at that time, not ever being to Chicago before. So I just remember going like, I, I thought the Bears were good. And I didn't realize that, you know, they could someone could go put up a five spot on them. Um, and that's all I remember. So honorary mention to the other two games in which the bears allowed 50 points in the Mark Tressman era sandwiched around the week nine by week in 2014, you got your 51 to 23 loss to the new England Patriots. And then the game that basically got Mark Tressman fired 55 to 14 loss to the green Bay Packers where Aaron Rodgers uh, was setting a bunch of records. And uh, then Mark Tressman got fired. Basically Coming up a bye week, right? The what? Then then they come off a bye week after. Uh, yes, before? that was coming out of that was coming out of their off week. They got boat raced by the Packers, lost by forty one points. Oh, maybe that's in that game. Um, doing my research for this question, I found out that Trustman was almost hired by the Colts, who decided to hire now Bears coordinator Chuck Pagano. Fun fact. Uh, also, didn't well the, the Bears chose Bruce Arians 
or the, the Colts, excuse me. Uh, no, excuse me. The Cardinals chose Bruce Arians. Right. Um, the Bears could have had Bruce Arians instead of Mark Trussman. It would have probably altered the entire course of the franchise for better or for worse, probably for better. Uh, but then we wouldn't have got this great question from Brendan that like- harkens back to an era of Bears football that everyone would like to forget. All right, Tony, what is our next question here? We actually have a uh, comment or a question from producer Eric Strobel. Oh, nice. a little synergy. I, you know, I'm, I'm jumping on. I raised my hand because I lived as a Bears fan and working for, you know, covering the Bears. This was the worst two years of, of my professional career, JJ. You were talking about <laughs> Lene Kakua and all that stuff. I wanted to honorable mention. I mean, obviously, there's the multiple 50-point uh, losses, which is the first sign of trouble. Uh, fourth and eight, obviously. But the, the game late in his second season where he started Jimmy Clausen over a healthy Jay Cutler to try and save his job <laughs> and prove his genius has to be number one for me against Detroit Lions. Unbelievable. The end of my rant. Enjoy the rest of your podcast, gentlemen. Good one. Good. Thank good. Thanks for chiming in on that, Producer Eric. Um, let's let, again... The Mark Trestman era is uh, over. Thank God the Bears have a much better head coach than Matt Nagy. For some reason, people still want to fire him. I don't know why, um, which we can get into on a later podcast. But what is our next question here? All right. Our next question comes from Jimmy Stark at Stark Jimmy. Is there a world in which Bill Lazor calls plays for this offense? Do you think it would be beneficial for the offense to have a fresh play? So, I'm glad you asked this question because it kind of leads from my comment. I get why Matt Nagy, people are frustrated with Matt Nagy because he was sold as this offensive genius who was going to, you know, bring the Kansas city chiefs to Chicago and, and bring basketball on grass here and all that. And, and it hasn't happened, but where Matt Nagy's really good is as a head coach, the bears are five and one that this team shouldn't be five and one, but at some point, Matt Nagy, you got to give him credit as a head coach for the culture he set in that building. I mean, last year, the bears shouldn't have been eight and eight. They should have probably been worse than that with the team they had. And they were eight and eight because of Matt Nagy. And I think, you know, and obviously a lot of other factors, that's a little too simplistic, but so that's kind of my roundabout way of saying, I don't know if Matt Nagy gives up play calling this year. But I don't think it's out of the question that three years in, Matt Nagy takes a look at what what he's built in Chicago and says, you know what, I'm a really damn good head coach, but someone's got to take over the offense. And maybe, maybe in year four, it's a different offense, a different play caller, but Matt Nagy kind of ascends into that role as more of the, the CEO type rather than just the offensive guy. Maybe, you know, it won't be immediate, but maybe he starts getting more involved with the defense um, and kind of grows as a head coach into someone who can have longevity, whose, whose career is not just tied to how good his offense is. So I don't, I don't ever want to say never, but I feel pretty strongly that Matt Nagy's never going to give up play calling responsibilities. Um, I think the moves he made from a coaching standpoint this offseason, all sort of were to consolidate the notion that, you know, he's the, the top dog. I think that if there was some conflicting, you know, not, not personalities, but conflicting viewpoints on how offense should be run, that maybe they were let go at the end of last year. And, and the, the, everyone's sort of more on board with Matt Nagy's vision now. 
Um, and I don't know how much that ultimately plays into the decision, but it just feels like Matt Nagy's going down with the ship or up with the, whatever direction he wants to go with the ship. It feels like, you know, I, I think your president point is right. If, if I, if, if Ryan Pace wasn't such an active sort of stalwart in that building, um, I, I just think that Matt Nagy for better or worse is the dude here. And, and I think that he is going to, you know, sort of in the same way that quarterbacks do, he's going to come with the praise and he's going to fall with the critiques. And uh, I think that play calling is such a integral part of what he views his job with the Chicago bears to be that I just don't see a world where, you know, you, you let Bill Lazor or John Filippo or guys that, you know, on paper are less qualified than Matt Nagy, whether that's fair or not is a, I think a good argument, but I think that Matt Nagy has sort of an old, an old man's football terms earned the right to sort of be the guy just because, you know, he wins games and that is still a barometer in the NFL. So I, 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 I think there's a good argument that he shouldn't. And, and I think that I, I would maybe sort of feel that way as well, just because I don't think he sequences plays very, I don't think he sees drives very well. I don't think, you know, that putting them together is great, but I don't think it's happening. I think Matt Nagy's just gonna, maybe there's some pride. Maybe there's some, you know, feeling like he's owed this. I don't know what it is, but I think this is Matt Nagy's baby through and through. Yeah. I don't disagree with that, but I do think he might, I, I'm not completely ruling it out, but I think you're you're probably more likely to be right about that. I think it would be a pretty good. Um, I think it would be an encouraging sign of his growth as a coach. I think that mm-hmm. in the past, you know, we've we've sort of dinged him for being stubborn, and I, you know, I think that there is something to be said about the humility it takes to go. Oh, someone else might be a better play caller on this football team that helps us win games. So I would be actually encouraged if he did it. I just don't think it's happening. Our next question comes from Kelly V at Bearing Down Girl. Who slash what will we offer up as trade pieces to upgrade the O-line? I think the obvious answer here is Anthony Miller, right? I think that's sort of who we've all, maybe not, right? (laughs) Um, I I think that he seems like the odd man out here. Um, I think maybe there's some D-line depth you could go into if you want to do a player-player swap. I don't know how you know interested the Bears are in making their D-line less deep than it already is. Um, I think you sort of, like we talked about on Sunday, I think you sort of go the draft capital route, and that's a disaster for the Bears too. So I, I, my answer is going to be Anthony Miller just because – it seems like that is the glaring option right now. And I, I, I kind of have a hard time racking my brain for people, for guys on the Bears that are expendable outside of Anthony Miller right now. So I don't – Anthony Miller is interesting. But the, here's just like – this is the damnedest thing with expectations. Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney – are both averaging six and a half yards per target. For Anthony Miller, that is the worst of his career by a pretty significant margin, by over a yard. Uh, Anthony Miller is averaging 10.6 yards per reception. Darnell Mooney is averaging 10.9 yards per reception. So, like, but Darnell Mooney, everyone's all, you know, excited about him, understandably so, because he's a fifth-round pick, and everyone's all disappointed in Anthony Miller because he's a second-round pick. But in terms of their production in this offense, it's not all that different. And, you know, they're playing two different positions. Miller's in the slot. Mooney's out wide. Um, I wouldn't trade Anthony Miller, though. Unless you are also going to get a slot receiver to replace him. Yeah. Because while 
while the slot receiver is playing less in this year's offense because the Bears are going with more multiple tight end sets, you still got to have that guy. And if you trade Anthony Miller, is that guy Javon Wims? Is it Riley Ridley who hasn't played at all this year? I, you know, I know you can get multiple and you can get Allen Robinson in there a little bit, but I think you, you would need a you need someone to replace Anthony Miller. I don't think Anthony Miller is hard to replace. I'm sorry, Anthony Miller is harder to replace than you might think, but he's not irreplaceable. I do think the Bears need to go out and make a trade for a wide receiver. Um, and I wrote about this on NBCSportsChicago.com. It's a pretty long breakdown of all the players the Bears could trade for. And there are a couple of guards who I like. I think you could maybe flip a, a late-round pick to the Houston Texans for Zach Fulton, guy who plays left guard, who had played left guard under Matt Nagy in Kansas City. Um, James Carpenter from the Falcons, maybe Forrest Lamp if the Chargers are willing to part with him. Um, these guys aren't going to cost you a ton of draft capital, though, at most a fourth or a fifth round pick. And I think that is what you're looking at here. I don't think the Bears should go out and trade a second round pick for like Kevin Zeitler. And then you're paying him a bunch of money and you're, you're just going all in on 2020. But there are guys who can make your team better for a decent price that will not rob you of anything next year and also will, you know, again, improve your team this year. My only thing about Anthony Miller is that I, I agree the stats are surprising, but one of those guys is a rookie, what, six games in with no training camp, and one of them is a third-year guy who is supposed to be shades of, um, you know, shoot, who, um, shoot, Steelers, troublemaker, um, Antonio Brown, excuse me. Um, troublemaker is a, a light word for it. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so it, it, I think it's sort of... Bad guy. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree that it's time to sort of up the expectations from Mooney, but the fact that they have the exact same numbers and, you know, where they are in their careers was what I think sort of makes Anthony Miller expendable. Yeah. But then again, what are you actually really getting for Anthony Miller? Uh, right. The bears are in a position to like cast away offensive playmakers right. if they're not getting commodities in return. Yeah. I, I'm all in on trading mid round picks um, you know, day three picks to go try to improve your roster right now, kind of incrementally. Um, you know, if a really great cheap player were to become available at guard or probably only guard, honestly, I might go into day two. Um, but beyond that, I think you, you gotta, you kind of just got to fill that hole with someone reliable who can do the things you expect him to do. Like, block the right linebacker in the hole like Rashad Coward didn't do against Carolina in a play that uh, I broke down with Adam Hogue on NBC Sports Chicago.com. That's up right now, our film review. Um, they got to get better there. They, they cannot continue to go on with their left guard situation. But I, I would say you can get someone to fill that spot for probably a day three pick. Um, anyways, Tony, what is our next question? Our next question comes from... Matthew Sardo at Matthew Sardo. Aaron Donald, Mack, and Hicks all have three and a half sacks. Who will finish the season with the most? Well, Akeem Hicks won't because he's out in the wilderness with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, taking a, he's taking a walkabout, so he won't be around anymore. Um, I will say Aaron Donald. Because, How can you not? <laughs> right. Exactly. How could I not? Um, 
I, none, nothing, none of that would surprise me, I guess. I think maybe Akeem Hicks would surprise me a little bit if he um, – just because – Also, wait a minute. Be... It, quick correction. Aaron Donald does seven and a half sacks this year. He's already leading the uh, NFL. So Aaron Donald is my answer going forward, especially because he's four sacks in front of both of them. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not doubting Khalil Mack's ability to get double-digit sacks, but, like, I mean, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player on the planet. It's not even close. Um, Khalil Mack and Akeem Mix might be in the top 10, but Aaron Donald is the best, and he's going to probably finish with the most sacks of those guys. I will say – there are, we've seen the Bears do a pretty good job scheming out Aaron Donald the last couple of years. Um, that has been something that they've done pretty well. And we saw the 49ers do it. Aaron Donald did not make a huge impact um, on that game that the Rams lost to San Francisco on Sunday night football. Cause Aaron Donald's just one guy, you know, yeah. you can, you can scheme out one guy for, you know, however good they are. The Rams need some other guys to play a little bit better. Um, going into Monday Night Football. Speaking of revenge games this week, Leonard Floyd revenge game, right? Yeah. Also been very good for the Rams, by the way, in Mm -hmm. a sort of a role that he was with the Bears, except like better at everything that he was better at. Apparently he's just been amazing against the run. He's been a really reliable, obviously he's not getting to the quarterback. And I see Rams fan being like, oh, like, you know, sacks aren't everything. And I'm like, I remember that. I was there once. Um, but he's, he's been a really, really, really stout run defender against mm-hmm. for the Rams so far. Yes. Yeah, the Bears, Bears and the Bears, the Bears are uh, struggling to run the ball. So right. that doesn't bode super well for Sunday. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break here on the under center podcast, come back with more of your listener questions after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. St. Xavier University is for students who want more out of their future. We pride ourselves on preparing graduates with the skills they need to succeed in life. Visit sxu.edu to start plotting your path to a brighter tomorrow. St. Xavier University, the best in you. And be sure to check out the all-new Roto-World Premium subscription packages, which have the tools and resources you need to dominate your fantasy leagues from drafts through the playoffs. Best of all, subscriptions are not just one sport. They include football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. As a listener of the Under Center Podcast, you can get $10 off any annual subscription to Rotoworld Premium. To find our edge, visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code PODVIP10 at checkout. All right, Jay Justankovitz back here on the Under Center Podcast with Cam Ellis and Tony Gill. 
We are answering listener questions. And what is our next one, Tony? Our next question comes from John Howcroft at John Howcroft on Twitter. Do you think another win, but an unresounding one against the Rams would be enough to earn some national media respect or do the bears need to start winning pretty? So I think that it won't, if they get, if they win, they will get more respect. I don't think it's because they beat the Rams. I think it's because it happened on Monday night football. And I think that, you know, the winner of Monday night football just gets respect the rest of the week. I mean, look what, like, granted, they're talking a little more about the Cowboys today than the Cardinals, but the Cardinals sort of established themselves as a bona fide, you know, a team that that is not to be messed with or not to be trifled with. Um, And I think that a, a Bears team going six and one, beating the Rams on the road, on Monday night football would give them the respect that bears fans are looking for, but that's more of a Monday night football thing than it is a Rams thing. Cause I'm not sure the Rams are world beaters. I, I kind of like the Rams. Um, I don't know if they're world beaters necessarily. I do think that game against San Francisco was kind of what can happen when you play in a tough division and you've played, you know, the same team with the same scheme quite a bit, but right now as we're potting, this is from our, our partner points, bet Sportsbook. The Bears are five and a half point underdogs. Um, I think they opened on a strip at six and a half point underdogs. So maybe a little movement there toward the Bears, but um, they're going to go into this game as significant underdogs. And that to me shows there just isn't a lot of respect for the Bears. But look, the Cardinals got a lot of respect for beating the, Cow- the Cowboys because they beat them by what, 28? Something like that. Yeah. You, you get respect in this league by winning blowouts. The 2018 Bears got a lot of respect. I, I know, you know everyone's like, oh, the Buccaneers, they, they stunk in that game. But that team had two 30-point wins that season against the Bucs and the Bills. Yes, those are two bad teams. But when you win games by those kind of margins, everyone has to take notice because those just don't happen by flukes. Bad teams don't win by 30-plus points. Mediocre teams don't win by 30-plus points multiple times in a year. So I do think the Bears will get more respect if they go into Los Angeles and win. I don't think this is a game you win by 30. But they, they're going to need to – I guess they don't really have an opportunity in the next couple of weeks when you, you're playing the Saints and the Titans coming up. But the Bears got to go out and win a game by more than a touchdown for them to really start getting some national respect. Which, which is sort of my tangent here, has happened what? twice in the Matt Nagy, once in the Matt Nagy era. I, Bears fans, guys, and girls. No, they've won. They, no, 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 no. In 2018, they won a lot of games. By, oh, you're right, yeah. The last yeah. time it happened was 2018 is what I'm thinking of. 2019, that you're, you're right, Cam. That did not happen very often. In 2019, they had one, two uh, – they only had two wins – by more than a touchdown that year. Cause that yeah. Cowboys game got closer at the end, even though it wasn't touchdown. that close. Mm. Um, yeah. So you're right. They only had two wins by more than a touchdown last year. I just think that guys and girls get used to not getting respect when you score 19 points a game and your quarterbacks, Nick Foles, like that's, that's just not a team that's going to get, you know, the a block on Sunday NFL countdown. It's just not, and that's fine. They're, they're five and one. They're, there are much worse things that, you know, people could be saying about the bears than they are right now. So I, I, I agree that generally speaking, the bears should probably feel a little slighted by the, you know, national media, um, you know, quote unquote, but 
that's what it is. And I don't think the Bears really care. I don't think Bears fans should really care. Just just enjoy the wins. Don't who cares what Jason Lecanfora has to say or what Pete Prisco has whoever it is, who cares what they have to say? It doesn't matter. Enjoy them winning. Yeah, I mean, we can be doom and gloom on this podcast sometimes. Well, we, me, Um, (laughs) but also like with the acknowledgement that the bears are five and one and like last year, you know, who wasn't getting national respect last year was the green Bay Packers. They were 13 and three and everyone was like, this team isn't that good. They're not that good. They're not that good. That's a great example. No, like there is always a team that does this right. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay if your team doesn't get national respect if they go out and win 13 games. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. It, you know. Get off Twitter. Just just get off Twitter and take a In walk. general, get off Twitter, except to send us questions for these yeah. mailback podcasts. Our next question comes from Sam Gutterman. And this is why I like this question at the very end. <laughs> okay, so he says, Matt Nagy is like that kid whose mom tells him to not eat another cookie. Then he sneaks down at 2 a.m. and eats one when he has a chance to ice the game and calls a pass on third and two, and it's incomplete. Why? Also, what's your favorite cookie? I love this question because it just stops mid-question and turns into a Bears rant. Like, I, I think actually he couldn't even complete his thought. He was just like, and then he goes down. And it, why didn't Matt Nagy call it a run play? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. I, I know Nagy said that it's one of those plays where if you get it, everyone, you know, louds you. And if you don't, everyone makes, everyone crushes you. It's like, yeah, man, that's sort of how it works. Run the ball next time and it won't be an issue. Um, I don't know why he did it. I get the whole be you, be authentic, but you know, run the ball on third and two with the, the game to go. It's, it's, it's not going to kill you, Matt. Um, my favorite cookie is my favorite cookie are Oreos. I think I, I was going to say chocolate chip, but I think in my heart of hearts, three Oreos and a glass of milk cannot be beat. I, I you know, so I'll, I'll answer the cookie question first. So, um, my favorite cookie, and I haven't had this in a long time, but um, low-key, Matt's chocolate chip cookies, those are the best. They are the, they're, they're like soft and chewy and gooey. And for store-bought cookies, those are okay. the best. I don't get them because if I get them, I'll eat a whole box of them in a day. Uh, yeah. That to me, I, like th- that's not, you know, the mainstream cookie because oreos are just like unabashedly i could also eat like a pack of those because they're really good um but yeah give me mats anyways as speaking of mats this was not an intended transition um i he just can't trust his offensive line and i don't think it's defensible ultimately because even if you don't trust your offensive line if you lose a yard in that play you still force carolina to take their last time out but i mean the way the offensive line played, going back and watching the all 22 of this game, it was just like, there were things that were happening. I'm sitting here at my computer, just like with my hand on my head, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that thing that you're doing? And it's like, I'm sure Matt Nagy goes back and sees that. And is like, I can't trust these guys. Yeah. So that leads your, your brain to get scrambled to call a pass on third and two. Again, I'm not defending it because a loss of a yard on that play is obviously much better than an incompletion. But 
I, I, I'm starting to see how Matt Nagy came to that realization of like, I think we got to pass here. And I know it's easier said than done, but if you can't trust the guys on the line to get two yards on third and two, it's time to put some guys on the line that you do trust to get third and two. And like, obviously and who do like, you have who you can yeah, trust? Right. Exactly. And that's, that's obviously the bigger issue here. Um, and you know, Alex bars, isn't going to make all of a sudden this, you know, the Dallas Cowboys from two years ago or whatever, when they were all just six, nine or whatever, and 400 pounds. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I don't, it's the professional football players and you have two yards to win a game. I, I just, I think there's a way. And even if they're not good at lines, maybe you don't scheme an A-gap run then. Maybe you get Cordero Patterson or maybe you figure something else out. But there's got to be a way to run the ball for two yards when you absolutely need to. There has to be. Yeah, I mean, you would, you would think, but we're going on two years now of this not being a thing. Yeah. So... I, you know, again, I think the solution comes from making a trade at this point. Otherwise, if you're, I mean, you can bet that Rashad Coward has some upside that moving from right to left, he'll eventually settle into that spot and his athleticism will take over. But did Rashad Coward really put enough on tape last year to make you think that's going to happen? You know, that it's, I think it would be borderline negligent for them to not go out and address this when you're five and one. Because if you don't, and all of a sudden we get to mid-November and you're six and four because you've lost a bunch of games that you probably should have won. Um, and you're like, man, you know, the offensive line just, it wasn't getting it done. You had, you could have gone out and probably done something. It maybe, maybe you're, you know, you're put off by the cost of making a midseason trade for a starting offensive lineman, but you, you're not five and one every year. So my question about this is how many sleeves of Oreos could you eat in one sitting? Because you know, there are like three ooh. lines. How many could you do in one sitting before you're like, that's enough? Two. Yeah. I think I could do two as well. I mean, it depends on my level of hunger, certainly, but like neutral setting mm-hmm. two. <laughs> neutral yeah. field. Okay. Um, Tony, what's your favorite cookie? Oh, oatmeal raisin. Not even ooh. close. Good one. And, Oatmeal raisin doesn't get enough respect. I love it. It doesn't. And I had this fight when I was uh, Lawrence Holmes's uh, executive producer, and I had it with Joe Madden as well on air. What was that? Game? Joe Madden's not an oatmeal raisin guy. Not he is not. Hmm. He is not. I had I had to fight it out with him uh, on on air at six seventy one time. <laughs> so you know, at, at Costco, you can get these like um, like sample packs of cookies where you got chocolate chip. Uh, one's chocolate chip, one is like double chocolate and the other is oatmeal raisin and like kind of low key, those oatmeal raisin cookies from Costco, some of the best oatmeal raisin cookies I've ever had really like them. I can guarantee you've never had a bad oatmeal raisin cookie, but you have yes. had, had a bad chocolate chip cookie. I can. That's a great point. That's a really that is a good great point. way to put it. You could say the national media doesn't respect oatmeal raisin cookies. Huh? Facts. <laughs> All right. Next question from Yakovich. How are we five and one hashtag extend AR? (laughs) (laughs) Are the Bears five and one? Um, They have a great defense that gets a lot of stops on third down and in the red zone. Their offense is barely good enough and they have a good head coach who may not be a great offensive mind, but they have a good head coach. That was just his name on Twitter. That wasn't even the question. (laughs) (laughs) What? 
Get well, okay. <laughs> I thought it was a very succinct question. Yeah. No, all of that is in his name. I love that. The question is when Pin- when Pinero is healthy again, who should we go with? Him or Santos? Um, I think the answer right now is Santos, right? Uh, I, I think they're yeah. going to ride the hot hand until he misses a bunch of 32-yard field goals, and then they'll go to Pinero, and he'll miss a bunch of 36-yard field goals. Um, I think it's Santos right now, and it, it kind of stinks for Panero, but that's that's the NFL. It's a business, man. Like San, Santos is making kicks right now. The Bears are in no position to say, "Oh, well, he's making kicks, but let's try another kicker who historically, you know, doesn't have the leg to hit fifty-five yard field goals." So, or at least not in Chicago. Um, I think you go with Santos. You let Panero really get healthy. Groins are no joke. Um, you let you let him sort of be truly healthy and get back in the swing of things. And if Santos sort of turns into a pumpkin again in a couple of weeks, you have Santos ready. And if not, great, you have a good kicker. Like this, this, this doesn't seem that complicated to me. You laid it out better than I could have there. Um, I think ultimately the Bears want Eddie Pinero to be their kicker long term, but this is the second time he's been on injured reserve in his career. You know, you got what is it? The best availability, or the best ability is availability. I mean, yeah. for a kicker, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Eddie Pinero is not coming back until Cairo Santos starts missing kicks, which the Bears obviously hope does not happen. Yeah, I would like to use this time to uh, reiterate a longtime point that I've made that I don't need kickers in my life anymore. Ever, <laughs> I think that we need to evolve the game past kicking. I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch a kicker win a game when, you know, all these other grown men have been fighting and hurting themselves uh, and, and have the, the soccer player come in and, and, and choose, the, choose the winner of the game for you. I'm, I'm done okay. with kicking. I agree. Here is my proposal. Instead of a kick, the NFL gets the, – the NFL for three points, one-on-one wide receiver versus cornerback. You get to pick your guy. They get to pick their guy. These are the most fun things to watch in training camp. From wherever you are on the field, you get to get a one-on-one matchup. So the Bears could get Allen Robinson out there against Jalen Ramsey, say, on Sunday and or Monday. It would cut down on the amount of three points you would get because teams could get their best corner out there. But, man, that'd be fun. Bears could get the ball at the 30-yard line. And instead of attempting a, what would that be, a 45-yard field goal, 46-yard field goal, um, you get to throw a 30-yard pass to Allen Robinson. And how, how could we do this? Uh, here's, here's an idea. Every, po- every 10 yards is an additional point. Oh, there we go. I like that. Yeah. So, so it starts baseline, you get one. three points. Yeah. 30, you get three points. From the 40, you get four. Yeah. Um, so I like you get five, 60. If you, if you have to run a Hail Mary at the end of the game, instead yeah. of uh, actually running a Hail Mary, you could get one-on-one. Man, that would be fun. My other football take is if you don't call the timeout, your players shouldn't be allowed to go to the sidelines and talk to coaches. Ooh, I like because, it. Because otherwise, like you have six timeouts every half. And I know that you can't call half of them, but if you do not call your timeout, you should not get the benefit of the timeout you use. Hmm. I like it. That's, that's very, um, it's very Mario party one punitive. Where I it's like, like no fun in my football. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like that. Like this, this is good. We got to send these to, uh, to our friends over at the NFL league office in New York. Yeah. Which I know they're listening to this podcast anyway. So I don't think we can up, uh, right here to the podcast. I think we have time for one more. Um, and 
I think we're gonna let JJ get get some uh, get some room here because this guy uh, wants all the smoke with JJ. He does. Uh, this this question comes from Andrew Costanza at J and added you. Wow, he really wants to smoke. After listening to the most recent podcast, I figured out why you are so apprehensive to give the Bears any respect. You are you are a glass half empty guy, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, i.e. the next three games. By the way, who have the Rams played? The East. L-M-A-O. Andrew Costanza definitely knows me. He's a close personal friend who absolutely knows my outlook on life, um, which I'm going to be honest, I don't know anyone who's ever described me as pessimistic. Um, Maybe, you know, I can be realistic sometimes about stuff, but um, no, I... now, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows, but like, I'm pretty sure I'm more glass half full. But again, uh, close friend, Andrew Costanza, you just nailed it. Um, who have the Rams played? Uh, well, I guess they lost to the Bills and the 49ers, and their wins are uh, exclusively over the NFC East. Touche, sir. Is he actually your friend? No. Oh, I was like, okay. For a second, I was so bummed out because I was like, if these just two buddies on Twitter, I'm going to be so disheartened. Okay, good. I appreciate him listening to the podcast. Thank you yeah. for listening, Andrew. I, me too. Keep listening. Keep sending JJ smoke. Keep it, keep everything up. Keep this energy going. Um, I don't know what the, how to respond to this. <laughs> um, uh, is there a question here that's played? I don't know. Well, who have the Rams played? I just answered it. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess they, their only wins are over uh, NFC East teams, which is not much of an endorsement for them. Um, I also kind of like how the Rams are setting up before the year, and I like how they've played to start the year. Um, they are ninth in DVOA. The Bears are 14th. So maybe this is going to be a closer game than we think on Monday night. Yeah, and it sounds like that. I just is, like the question because you got so mad. At you. Well, yeah, I you know I, I appreciate when we get uh we get angry listeners, but I mostly just appreciate that they're listeners. Uh, I thought it was the last one, unless you guys want to uh, have the mandatory bosses question answered. Um, Mike Mike Allardyce, our our boss, is asking about Liverpool in our questions um, because Virgil Van Dyke got injured. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch the, uh, the Liverpool-Everton match. Um, but Virgil van Dijk, one of the best defenders uh, in the Premier League, probably a guy who could play tight end in the NFL if you really wanted to, um, got hurt very badly. Uh, Everton goalkeeper Jordan Pickford was a little reckless in it. Let me say this. If it were Kyle Fuller going in on Virgil van Dijk, he would have got a red card. That's a good tie-in. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I watched this replay a bunch of times and it's really hard to tell. Um, I, I know that I know what Michael Allardyce's answer would be. Um, but I, I, I do not have the soccer acumen to, to, to tell you whether or not a card should have been pulled there. Um, but yes, I do agree with you. If Kyle Fuller had been even in the stadium, they would have just looked at him and thrown a flag his way and been like, we don't know what this is for, but you know, at some point you're going to commit a foul in the next 24 hours and we'll be there and we'll watch you. Yeah, Kyle Fuller is the, the guy who would get a red card for a perfectly legal and clean challenge uh, in the Premier League. So, Do you yeah. think Kyle Fuller is the second hardest hitting player on the Bears defense? Beyond Roquan? You think Roquan's the hardest hitter? Yeah. Okay. 
I put Fuller, I, I mean, for what he packs uh, in terms of like the, the punch they pack. Okay. Yeah, I'll take Fuller. I think so too. I, um, I, go, I go Roquan, Fuller, and then Mac. One, two, three. See, I almost thought about putting Eddie Jackson in there because when he does hit, he can actually like lay it. He just mm-hmm. doesn't really ever do it that often, I feel like. Um, or well, yeah, because no one ever targets him. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, except the this is my new favorite Twitter trope is Eddie Jackson tweeting zero targets again. Eddie Jackson and Anthony Miller tweeting the same thing. Oh. <laughs> 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 Oh, um, I don't know where we go from here, but (laughs) we got to get out of here on the under center podcast before we really piss somebody off. If you like this episode, if you like all of our episodes, please rate review and subscribe to us. (laughs) Can't get it out. That was too good. (laughs) I don't know why that, I mean, that hit so perfectly. That was excellent. Excellent timing. All that. All right, we're going to get out of here on the Under Center podcast before we piss anyone else off. If you like this episode, if you like all of our episodes, please rate, review, and and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, we are there. You can also listen to the Under Center podcast on the My Teams app by NBC Sports, which is where you can read all of our Bears coverage from myself, Cam Ellis, and Adam Hogue. We have Adam with a really good column up on the Bears defense on Tuesday. I ran through the Bears trade options And we also have our film review on the Bears-Panthers game, as well as Cam's just tremendous overreactions column. That is up every week on the My Teams app. Download it today for all of your Chicago sports coverage. And that's going to do it for us here on the Under Center Podcast, brought to you by St. Xavier University. For Tony Gill and Cam Ellis, I'm JJ Stankovitz. We'll talk to you next time.